Hi there, business owner. Do you want a better understanding of business finance, what your numbers actually mean, and stories of the highs and lows of business where I'll be sharing my tips and tricks every week? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the 3Bs Podcast with Stephanie. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the 3Bs Podcast. How are you all? I hope you've had a wonderful week. Following on from the Chancellor's Autumn 2023 statement last week, I wanted to share in a short, easy way things that I believe will affect you as business owners, things you need to be aware of, and just a general roundup of the statement in a much easier to digest format. So I hope you enjoy this episode. On we go. So the first thing I wanted to cover was the national minimum wage and the national living wage. That was one of the headlines of the autumn statement. So there's two sides to this. From the 1st of April 2024, the new rates will apply. So if your pay period runs from the 6th of March to the 5th of April in line with the tax year, then these new rates won't apply until the period after that. So the new rates apply from the pay period that starts after, on or after, the 1st of April 2024. They dropped the national living wage rate. So if you remember back, I think it was like episode two, we talked about the fact that the national living wage was just the national minimum wage for people that were aged 23 or over from the first pay period after the 1st of April 2024. That becomes anyone aged 21 or over, the national living wage then applies. And that's uh, an increase for 20, from £10.42 to £11.44 an hour for people aged 23 or over. And for those aged 21 or 22, that will increase from £10.18 to £11.44 an hour. Um, the rates for 18 to 20 year olds are increasing from £7.49 to £8.60 an hour. And for those under 18 and apprentices who are in their first year uh, is increasing from £5.28 to £6.40 an hour. The national living wage rate is really going to affect those employees, employers, sorry, and business owners who are hiring those 21 and 22 year olds. That's where you're going to see the biggest increase. That's what's going to hit businesses' pockets harder. So if you are an employer who hires 21 and 22-year-olds, maybe it's bars and pubs who hire those people that are fresh out of uni, those sorts of jobs. If you're a small business owner who hires uh, younger members of staff for cost reasons, then that's going to affect you more. It's definitely something you need to look into look at who's currently on your payroll, look at who's going to be affected mostly, and based on what their current hours are, you can then make a projection or ask your bookkeeper or accountant to make you a projection on what your payroll costs will be going forward once the new rates come into effect. Next, I wanted to talk about national insurance contributions. This was the biggest change, and I'm going to call the government out here because the big headlines were Class 2 NICs are being abolished, no more national insurance contributions for Class 2 national insurance. 
etc etc and that is not exactly the case so i wanted to go through it step by step of the different classes of national insurance and what the changes are actually happening without the headlines and the glorifying that they were abolished because they weren't first of all class one national insurance contributions is what most employees pay if they are on a payroll so that's your employee national insurance if you're an employer and from the 6th of January 2024, uh, class one national insurances will be cut from 12% to 10%. So that's like two pence um, changes um, for those employers who can't amend their payroll systems in time for the January changes. They will be able to reimburse any overpayment to employees in subsequent months. They've actually left it quite late for software companies to apply the updates and changes, specifically if they're using desktop software um, not cloud software that can be easily amended if you have to download an update uh, for example we use bright pay in the practice so we will not be able to make those changes until bright pay uh, release the updated software for that um, that may not happen in time for january so speak to your bookkeeper or accountant if they run your payroll or have a look into it yourself depending on what software you use and see if you'll be affected by that Naturally, because they're cutting the employee class ones by two, two pence by 2%, that also reduces the combined tax rate for employees. Um, paying the basic rate of tax will now be 30% and not 32%. I think that's really helpful when business owners are looking to take on more staff and want to work out the take-home pay or what the cost of having that employee in their business is having it at 30%. So if your employee has a basic tax code and is a basic tax rate payer, you know that the costs are now 30% and not 32, which is much easier to calculate. Again, you do need to speak to your bookkeeper or accountant. They are the best people to do this for you. If you are running payroll on your own and want to speak to someone about it, please feel free to get in touch with me and my practice. Info at abcsuk.com. We're happy to answer any questions regarding this if it's confusing for you. Also, the 12% national insurance rate is being reduced for basic rate taxpayers. It's worth knowing that the 2% rate on higher earnings is not being reduced. It's not changing. So if you are earning more than £50,270 a year, that's not going to be affected. But that's class one national insurance contributions. Class four national insurance contributions are for self-employed people. And the main rate of self-employed national insurance, which is your class four NICs, is being cut by one pence from 9% to 8% from April 2024. So unlike class one that kicks in in January, class four doesn't kick in until the 6th of April 2024, which is next tax year. This affects self-employed people with profits above 12,570 who will no longer be required to play class 2 NICs which I will cover shortly but it does still give you access to your full credit for your state pension. This will only affect people who are sole traders so your self-employed national insurance class 4 is for sole traders and partnerships um individual partnerships not limited ones so if you're a sole trader then the class 4 nic and the class 2 nic will affect you but this is who this one is mainly for 
and then I'm going to go on to class two because this is the biggest change and this is the one I want to be the most clear with giving you the correct information without the headlines. Class two national insurance contributions. As I said, they said they were abolished in the autumn statement and all the headlines picked up on that word and that's not strictly true. So people who are having profits of £12,570 or more, sole traders or uh, individual partnerships, do not need to pay Class 2 national insurance anymore. So that has been abolished. However, the sole trader or partner, the individual, will still get their credit towards, their national insurance credit towards their state pension and other statutory benefits that you need to have a certain number of years for. If the profits are between £6,725 and £12,570, you do not need to pay the Class 2 national insurances, but you will still get the credit for the financial leave year. It used to be that you could voluntarily pay the Class 2 National Insurance Contributions, which is £3.45 a week. So it's still a better way to do it than Class 1 if you are both employed and self-employed. Maybe it's a direct a, a payroll and you're, you're the only person on the payroll or you're paying yourself split for tax benefits, then Class 2 is the best way to do it. And of course, you can voluntarily choose to pay Class 2 National Insurance Contributions regardless of your turnover but you you need to make sure with your bookkeeper or accountant that that is the most tax efficient way for you to do that and this is where the headlines don't quite make sense because it has not been abolished if a sole trader has a profit of 6725 or less they will not get their credit towards their state pension however they can choose to voluntarily pay the £3.45 a week class two national insurance contributions to get their credit for the pensions and statutory payments. So that's where if a sole trader has profits of under £6,725, they have not been abolished. And in order to get your credit national insurance credit towards your state pension, you will need to voluntarily pay Class 2 National Insurance, which is the £3.45 a week. And the final thing I wanted to talk about this week is child benefit. Now, it wasn't mentioned in the autumn statement, um, but I saw some Martin Lewis talk about it this week, and I feel it's important to mention it too in the context of national insurance contributions. So I feel like it's followed on quite nicely from earlier in the episode and I haven't yet found an episode where it has felt right to mention it so we're going to get into it now. Child benefit if you are receiving it as a parent in business or as a parent in general child benefit should be paid to the parent who is not working or who has a profit of less than £6,725 a year as a sole trader in order to receive their national insurance credit towards their state pension and other statutory benefits. So if one parent is working and one parent is staying home, or if one parent is earning under the £50,000 a year threshold 
and the other parent is earning uh, less than £6,725 profit on their self-assessment from their sole trader or partnership income. Their child benefit needs to be in their name. So I do encourage you to go and have a look and check who is receiving the child benefit and ensure that it's the best person in in your relationship, in your dynamic, that it's the most tax efficient way to ensure that they're getting their national insurance credits. It's also worth mentioning the child benefit charge. If it's not the fairest system, but if one parent is earning over £50,000, you will be asked to return some or all of your child benefit if you're receiving it. If both parents earn under £50,000, so £49,500 a year each, for example, you will still receive the child benefit and you won't need to repay the charge. It's just something to keep in mind and have a look at. As always, if you've got any questions, please do not hesitate to get in touch. I'm more than happy to have a conversation with you to see if I can offer any advice to help you understand the situation more clearly. Or if you just want to sense check you've understood what I'm talking about, then of course do get in touch. You can find me on all social medias at ABCSUK. You can also drop us an email at info, I-N-F-O, at abcsuk.com or head to the website www.abcsuk.com and fill in the contact us form and one of us in the team will get back to you. I really hope this has been informative and useful for you. It's been quite a fact-filled episode, but I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll see you next week for the next episode. And that brings us to the end of another week of the three B's podcast with Stephanie. Thank you so much for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you could like subscribe, rate and review this podcast wherever you are listening to it so that I can reach more business owners and help them build better businesses. See you next week for the next episode.